1: Lots of talk at City Hall today about housing for some of those who need it the most in Edmonton. Uh, one proposal um, suggests having temporary bridge housing on the exhibition lands and using the former dorm where jockeys used to live. There are about 63 or 36 rather uh, rooms in that dorm, and they would be part of a bigger plan that would see another 57 units in a temporary modular building and another four de- developments built around the city. This is all a part of the city's plan to build 900 permanent supportive housing closing units within the next four years. Ward 6 City Councilor Scott McKean saying it's a good first step.
0: I think we're moving the needle a little bit, and and that's tremendous. Um, we, We still have a long ways to go.
1: The province has said no to a funding request because of oil prices and the pandemic but the plan would see the city move ahead without provincial cash. We'll have more on this in the next couple of days. Also at council another plan to help the homeless. this one, Homeless Veterans in Edmonton is called Homes for Heroes. Dave Howard is the president and co-founder of the project. Dave, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Oh, nice to have you back on the show. We talked uh, a few months back when this was first being explored. Can you give us an idea where this stands right now for Edmonton?
0: Yeah, um, well, first off, we're just ecstatic. The, the, Citizens of Edmonton have really given us incredible support. Businesses have supported this project. It is very clear that uh, people in Edmonton uh, love and respect those that uh, have served and those that continue to serve. So we thank them for that. Um, We are in front of council, uh, June 9th, to get our um, rezoning approved and we don't expect much challenge there we hope that uh, that is done and after that we can start the bill process so uh, we're eager to get moving
1: yeah so june 9th is the day i know uh you've been waiting for this rezoning uh, approval for quite some time you say you don't expect any issues there um fingers crossed on on that front so if june 9th uh, the green light is given what happens from there well, what happens there is we
0: have a plan in place already for community design. We met with, um, we had open houses with the community at Evansdale. They gave us some feedback. We did change uh, some of our plans based on that. We, uh, there was concern in regards to some trees being lost or cut down, and we uh, are planting more in that area. And instead of doing a 27-home uh, project, it'll be 20. So okay. once we get rezoning, We uh, get to go to building permit, and then uh, we'll start preparing site and move forward, and the houses will be built uh, in warehouse, and uh, away we go. So I hope that everything works. Uh, We're uh, opening uh, in the fall, early spring. That early,
1: really? You bet. I
0: mean, this is the oh, one thing with the tiny homes, is that once we get construction started on the 20 homes, we can have that done within a 30 day, uh, sorry, a 90 day window. And there's very low uh, site development, so we're not bothering the community. Um, so you know, tiny homes has some incredible uh, advantages.
1: So, again, uh, for the folks listening that might, this could be the first time that they're hearing about Homes for Heroes, it's, it's, you guys are planning to build this village, uh, these little homes, 300 square feet, on a one-acre yeah. plot of land in Evansdale, which you mentioned, just south of 153rd Avenue, north of 94th Street. Um, so you dropped down the number from 27 to 20. Are you concerned uh, about having to do that? Does that impact, um, you know, well, it would on how many that you'll be able to help?
0: yeah you know there is concern there the the bigger thing is that we want to be part of a community and so we need to be a good neighbor we need to work with the community so um that's how this was developed and designed um you know homes for heroes foundation is a is a charitable registered charity um that with the goal to build um tiny home communities But full wraparound support services, that's key here, for our veterans experiencing homelessness. We opened Calgary in November. We're having some great success there. We've actually had two veterans that have transitioned out now already, (laughs) full-time jobs, working within the community. Uh, We believe we're going to have the same success in Edmonton and Winnipeg and in D.C. and Ontario. And it's all based on... um, the, the city's um, rallying behind it and supporting it. And that's what we found here in Edmonton. It's incredible.
1: So hoping to, uh, well, there's about 200 homeless veterans, uh, you suspect, in the Edmonton region. And I know yeah. that you've been talking with uh, homeless veterans as well as what they would like to see and what they would need. You talked about Calgary opening up, opening up uh, late last year, I think in November. Um, you touched on it a bit, but can you give us an idea of just um, how that has has unrolled, how it's unfolded? And you said someone, a couple of people have transitioned out already. That's really great news. It is. Look, the, the goal here
0: is that we're building transitional housing, and we built this model based on direct feedback from meeting with over 200 veterans. We need to understand what the needs are uh, before we went into a build. So we did get direct feedback on that. One of the key things is to have an on-site counsellor, to have a partnership with Veterans Affairs on-site, and have, uh, develop a program that is based on in individual tenants. So Calgary has seen some great success. We have uh, our tenants are all of them are now employed uh, we've had people move out of the, the program. We think transition will take a couple of years but for some it's going it's gonna it's moved uh, a lot quicker. It's an amazing what you can do when you get somebody off the street and you put a roof over their head they're now able to concentrate on the rest of their lives and not looking for somewhere to go to, to, for shelter and for something to eat Now they have that now they have a program that they can work through and work on themselves and to, uh, transition back to civilian life and and that's what the feedback was and and the veterans you know i got your six, i got your back Uh, that's what this is about is uh veterans helping veterans
1: so dave um you know within 90 days maybe that this could open later you know later the summer into the fall how are the people chosen for this and what rules do they have to abide by what's the expectations on their part well, the expectation is there's a code of conduct
0: that they agree to. So uh, the idea here is that when we met with our vets, they basically said they wanted to come in and they're working themselves. So that's really the rules. They're coming in. There is a program that's built for that specific tenant. And they agree to that program and the path that that's going to take them. And it could vary for a number of, I you mean, know, it could be somebody with post-traumatic stress. There could be uh, education retraining. But the whole key there is to work the program. If if they come into the space and they really don't want to participate within the program and so forth, they're really not a fit and by no means are we going to be the only solution out there but uh, I'm confident that you know we have 200 deaths experiencing homelessness in the city of Edmonton and uh, you know within a year period I think that we could uh, end this issue and then we can take a look at how do we repurpose I mean it's obtainable to end the issue
1: well, that was going to ask you is that if you know we can if we can fix one part of this problem, let's say homeless veterans, what happens with those homes, you know, two years, three years, four years down the road, could they be repurposed? Um, you know, you know, the city of Edmonton, city of Calgary, same thing, looking to try to find way for affordable housing. Um this has been a, a key plank of, of you know this city council's platform for for ages, and they're really running into some some difficulties doing it. Could that, you know, maybe transition into something else down the road with, with you guys?
0: I think it, it, there's a possibility that we have a lease here that uh, tending a, getting a rezoning uh, that is a 20-year period. Um, I think... The tiny home solution uh, can fit for a number of different demographics. I love the idea of being able to take a tiny home, put it in my backyard. There's an affordable solution. What about yeah. my aging mother? She's not ready yeah. to go into uh, a nursing home, and she, but she really can't be on her into her large, you know, yeah. 1,400 square foot home. Is a solution a tiny home in my backyard? Why can't I do that? I mean, you see a lot of universities and students that it's they're paying so much in rent and school, and and the communities within the universities are so taxed, and there's no space for them. Why can't a tiny home be done there? What about stacking the tiny homes? I mean, the cost to do this is a fraction, is almost half of what it is for traditional construction. So these are solutions, and there's others in regards to three. 3D printing models of homes a yeah. so concrete 3d printing and, and these are ideas i think that that need to be explored i think we've got a, a great program and solution for our veterans but it, it can be used in a number of different demographics
1: a couple more questions dave just before we let you go as far as costs with this i mean who's mm-hmm. paying for this if, is the person in, who, who goes into one of the tiny homes are they expected to pay a little bit of rent anything like that as far as upkeep like where's that coming from
0: so look, the cost is being covered, uh, you know, by the Homes for Heroes, but it's done by donations. And we're are ninety percent funded by individuals within the Edmonton community and corporations within the community. As I said, you know, the uh, people in Edmonton have a great passion for the support of those that served and. Without that, it wouldn't happen. Now in regards to veterans, they do pay a rent. We think it's important that there's a commitment on that. And when they come into the program, they're also meeting with the Veterans Affairs Officer and they help them along with our onsite counselor access funding. So there is funding available to them on the different levels, but uh, it is important that they're, they're they're committed to the project. They're paying a piece of red, but are committed to the community too. This is the key here yeah. is to keep this pristine and uh, we have you know grounds keeping going on the veterans are a part of all of that as well our veterans in calgary they're donating back to the community already they're shoved they're shoveling rinks in the winter time they're cutting grass at community center um in the summer already it's an incredible win-win
1: i, I just uh, i love this idea and i love the fact that uh it's it's kind of like a, a one-stop facility for uh, for these men and women it's it, it offers uh, you know a place to live a place to lay your head down a place to stay warm but also to get the 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 help that they need as far as maybe some counseling services uh, to you know some help accessing funds uh, Dave I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out here in Edmonton and uh, I'm cheering you on from my home office here in deep Southwest Edmonton uh, that on June 9th that that uh, that zoning approval gets uh, the big green light and we can start to see this later on this year thank you so much for joining me and thank you for uh, your commitment and homes for heroes commitment to our veterans uh, in this country
0: yeah and you know thank you and, and it is memorial day and, and we owe a it lot is. to our neighbors out uh, in the u.s but uh, certainly it's because of the citizens of edmonton that this is happening it really i mean i can't stress that enough it's just we're so grateful to that support so we thank them
1: And if people want to find out more, it's homesforheroesfoundation.ca. Some really great information there. You can see what the communities look like. It's a a great website, and if you want to make a donation, you can do so there as well. Dave, thanks for this. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, take care. Dave Howard, who is the the founder and or co-founder and uh, CEO of Homes for Heroes. And again, yeah, if you want to check it out. And I I just – I do really think that these – These little homes are are really kind of a way to go. Um, This one in Calgary, um, it opened for veterans November 1st, as he mentioned. Uh, Fifteen veterans who were previously homeless are now warm, safe, secure, and back on the path to mainstream society. So each home is built by um, the, the partner, which is ATCO, has a footprint under 300 square feet, fully equipped with all the features of a larger home. Um, so it has, uh, you know, it has a kitchen, has a bathroom, has a little bedroom, but um, expected to give back to the community as well. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens on this front. And maybe, you know, you look at City Council when it's trying to figure out how to deal with homelessness, you know, as a whole in this province, is there something that can be done with these modular-type um, uh, homes, that these small homes? Is there is there something that we could do on that front? Again, it's going to cost a bit of money, um, but we've heard Councillor mckean talk on this show about in the long run um, that it's actually cost savings because it gets people, you know, off the streets, out of the mental health system, out of the hospital, out of that the healthcare system. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll keep you updated right here on Chad.